Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Father, we, tonight I would like to speak to you and to the people, dear God, about your instructions. Dear Lord, for these times, what we probably should be looking for and expecting in these times. What I've tried to do the best I could at explaining the evening, explaining the night, and explaining this morning of the day of the Lord. Lord, in Zechariah 14, 6 and 7, you made it very clear that the day of the Lord, the fullness of it, all the years of it, consists of an evening, a night, a morning, and a day, the afternoon. And Lord, you told us that in the evening there would be light, but you also told us, dear God, that every every year you were calling us to come out. And Lord, we're in a very dangerous time now because we've waited until the morning of the day of the Lord. By waiting to the morning of the day of the Lord, we're running out of time because it says you're going to rise as the son of righteousness, which means you're coming in the morning. Malachi 4.2. That means that that's the appointed time. But in any time since 2003 when the words are open, dear Lord, we could have come to you and you would have helped us, especially in the evening time, as I've explained. You were willing to save all those on the earth if the people would have turned. But we would not hear. And tonight, dear Lord, I would like to explain some scriptures in John 1, John 3, and First John 5 and John 19. I would like to talk again about the blood and the water, but I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes or in a little bit. First, I want to talk about what to expect in this time. Because the one thing that's clear to us is that you say in Malachi 3.6 that you never change your ways. So what you've done before, we should be able to see now. And it's like Passover. They say... Ancient ones say that prior to the Passover, uh, they, uh, before the Exodus, there was a sacrifice of lambs on the 14th of May, or excuse me, 14th of Nisan. So that then you did the thing with uh, sacrificing the lambs on the 14th uh, of Nisan in Egypt. And then that night uh, they ate that meat and the next morning they came out. And Lord, when you came as the, as the Son of God to come and make witness to the world, you actually ate the Passover meal on the 13th of Nisan, not the 14th or 15th. And today they keep the 14th and 15th as a Passover cedar meal. <laughs> but the one that really had in the beginning was the one when they came out of Egypt. But the point is that we're missing the point. The, the, as I talked last night, we're missing the point because the Passover is all about you and the, what the purpose is, the blood coming uh, for us, being sacrificed for us so that we can come out of the world. And we're so tuned in to keeping ritualistic 
feasts and so forth that we're not paying attention to what is actually happening at that moment as much as we should. We don't see it in the way that you see it, for example. And that's why you came and, and the meal was, as I've explained this week, in the events of the, of the Passover week that you had your meal and you called it, I want to celebrate the Passover, and so you had it on the, the night of the 13th of Nisan, not the 14th, not the 15th, you had it on the 13th. Because the meal is symbolic of doing the way of the words, coming out. The meat was the work of finishing the word to come out, and you did that great work during the night of the 15th back then. And in this time, you did it on both the, the 13th and the 14th, so that on the 15th, you, you paid the price, and God did what, uh, in the afternoon of that day, opened the temple veil. We could come in and receive the words. We don't know exactly what time he did it, but we think it's in that afternoon of the 14th. And you tell us in Numbers, the book of Numbers, that the Lord's Passover is on the 14th. So it's symbolic of that day, but the meal was typically eaten on the night of the 15th. But you ate it on the 13th, and people today eat it on both the 14th and the 15th. But we could also eat it on the 13th, because that is what you did. And you showed us the importance of what it was all about. And as we increase in knowledge, maybe that is the way to do it. But the point that I'm trying to get is that you never change your ways, and we need to look for what your way is in these times. You were celebrating the Passover uh, of the Lord. The Passover of the Lord is the Lamb who paid the price of the blood for our sins. That's what it's about. And when we pay the price of our sins, we're forgiven of God. He commits to... Bring us back to correction, which is what the Passover did. It brought us back to showing us the blood sacrifice and the way of coming out of the enemy and to be sealed up in our house and so forth. You did it by the way of the words is what my point is. So we see it at this time also at the time of the, of the Passover when you gave your life back in 30 or 33 AD or whenever it was. It's not clear exactly the, the year. But dear Lord, we know it was three and a half years of your ministry and that you were 33 years old. But the problem comes into when was you born? You're born clearly right before, uh, it seems very clearly that you were born before uh, um, the new moon, which is uh, Tishri 1. You would have been, been before that. I believe you were circumcised on the eighth day. Uh, which would be Nisan 1, I mean, Tishri 1, way back then. But clearly you were born in that time frame, which I believe you were born on the 23rd of um, uh, Elu and uh, circumcised on, uh, the new, uh, on the new moon of Tishri 1. I'm not sure, but that's what it sure seems like to me. Or it could have been that you did it on... Um, that you were born on Tishri 1. Any of those dates is perfectly fine, it would seem. Not Christmas, of course, the December 25th. That is totally pagan. And everything that we celebrate, the Christmas tree, the rest of it is all pagan. You should never have that allowed in any church or any place or worship on that date in any way and call it whatever they want to make an excuse for it. It's a pagan adultery and it's not of your words and it's an insult to God the Father. So, now, let me get back to my point. My point is that you, what you did is you died on that day, then you came back on the first day of the week, 
And in the afternoon of the first day of the week, on the 16th of Nisan, you breathed your spirit upon the disciples and told them to receive the spirit. And Lord, in Jeremiah 16, 15 to 18, you tell us that you're going to raise up some fishermen in this day to send out to the people. And dear Lord, the fishermen are disciples. You said to the disciples, you're going to make them fishers fishers of men. And that's what you're talking about this time. You want to bring those that are, you're going to pour out your spirit upon them, cause them to know your words so they can go forth and make known your words to the people so that it does what it says in James 1, uh, 20 to uh, 20 to 22, where it's talking about the fact that uh, if you bring others to the knowledge of truth, it'll cause uh, it'll cover a multitude of sins. So that should happen on the 16th of Nisan, at the towards the ending of the 16th, and then in the in the evening of the 17th was is when I believe because you ate the fish and the honeycomb. Um, that would be the beginning of the evening of 17 Nisan. And it says very clearly in Luke 24 that you caused them to say, you said, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. So you began to cause them to know the words of God, explain to them what the words were. Because the words are not allowed to be received by those of the world. But by them receiving the Spirit, they set themselves apart. They believed in you at this point, and they wanted to know the words. And so the Spirit drew on them the desire to receive the words. And that is the key. The Spirit draws on us to cause us to desire to receive the words. Jesus was not, in the whole time he walked with them, three and a half years, had not been able to get them to receive the words and discern the words from his speech. They heard that he was speaking of words. He told them that, but it didn't dawn on them. We have shepherds and people and Christians all over the world that are hearing the fact that you're speaking to get the words of wisdom, get the words of truth. But they are just like the disciples. They do not discern that there are words that are set apart from the world, like you say in John 17, 17. And that these words enable the greater promises of the good works of God and give understanding of the scriptures, Psalms 119, 130, Luke 24, 44, and 45. Because after they received the words, and you, after they received the Spirit and the words, you were able to cause them to understand your words, which is exactly what you also say in Proverbs 1, 23. So I pray, dear Lord, that they will begin to hear this, because it says even in Proverbs 1, 20 to 22, right before you make that commitment of Proverbs 1, 23, you say that the wisdom is always calling out our words in streets and everywhere. But the naive ones, the naivety ones, the simple ones, the simplicity, walk in simplicity, will not hear you, which is exactly what you say in the law of knowledge in Isaiah 28, 9 to 13. Exactly what you say to the people of Israel in John 8, 43 to 47, that they can't discern your speech because they will not discern your words. So they believe they understand what you're saying, but they don't get it. And that's why you say in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that there are going to be many prophets, many preachers, many healers, many uh, people that cast out demons, those, those are the strongest ones. And they're going to be cast out from you because they're workers of lawlessness because you told them, John 17, 17, that they must be set apart from those of the world, sanctified, set apart means sanctified, as holy. They're made holy by receiving your words because in your words, that's John 17, 17, in your words, they're set apart from the world by receiving your words, John 17, 17, 
And it's because in your words is the full measure of the Spirit of God, John 3, 34. These words are holy. God's words are holy. They're set apart from the world. Words, our words that we speak every day are not holy words. We may think they're holy when we speak to somebody or speaking of holiness. Yes, in a way it is because it's testifying of the words even though they don't understand it and, and likely neither does anyone in speaking it because they're not setting themselves apart by your words as is required in Psalm, uh, in John 17, 17 and in Joel 2, 12 to 20. It's a requirement before you will hear us and help us and save us from the world. People are waiting for a rapture event and they're not even discerning the fact that you cannot send the bridegroom. The Father cannot allow you to come until the bride sets herself apart as being holy, sanctified, and plead to you for your intervention after they've been sanctified by the words of God, John 17, 17, and Joel 2, 12 to 20. Then you will allow the bridegroom to come. Then you allow the bride to come out of her, her room, meaning she's got a garment on. The garment is a garment of knowledge. And the garment of knowledge is the words of God, the knowledge of truth, which you talk about in Daniel 12, 4. At the end times, they must be received. But dear Lord, they're not doing that. But that is the importance of Passover. This is that time. You opened, you gave your blood to open a temple veil that we can come in and receive the words. And you paid that price of your blood and you were able to come back and call the, give the disciples the, the, the spirit, breathe on them the spirit. And you said uh, to them that, um, to receive the words, and he made known the words to them after they had received the Spirit. And he said, Peace be to you. Receive the Spirit. He breathed on them. And that's the peace. The peace is the way of the eternal plan of God, is all within his words. Everything that was made was by his words. And we should want to know what those words are that in Genesis 1 that explain how you accomplished all things in six days. Not thousands and millions of years of foolishness of man. Okay, now I say that because this is important. You tell us in Jeremiah 16, 15 to 18, that there's going to be a time when you gather fishermen. Fishermen's job is to go out and bear witness to others. But the fishermen can't go out until they learn the way of the words. That's why it says in the scriptures that count seven weeks and then count the 50 days. See, we put the Elmer together and they start counting it now. I don't think that's correct. Pentecost comes at the end of the seven weeks. And then you count the 50 days, I believe. Uh, it, it's, it's, we have to look at the way the scripture is written. And it's not written the way we interpret it. But let me explain my point. My point is this, that you don't change your ways. And we do know that when Pentecost fully come, that you sent the spirit into the world and the people heard the sound. But the disciples were prepared and waiting for that time because you had come and visit them now at Passover. This is the night of the 16th. That means tomorrow afternoon, Thursday afternoon, is the afternoon of the 16th according to the calendar that is revealed within the scriptures. And that would tell us that tomorrow evening would be the time you begin to make known your words, but this day should be special to everybody because it's the day you make known his word, your spirit. You pour it out on them who will receive it. But you told the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. If the people will not receive the spirit of truth, 
then they will not be able to discern the words. But you're going to breathe this Holy Spirit on some people who have a heart to hear because like we said, you, you said and make clear every day you've been making clear that you're releasing your spirit to shake the people. And Lord, when the spirit shakes the people, it's going to cause those, all the people that get shaken, it's going to begin to do this work. And this is what the, the earthquake of Uzziah was. It wasn't an earthquake that knocked down walls. This was an earthquake that began to judge the intent of the heart. He struck Uzziah for coming into the temple and bringing a, a trying to go into the temple and, uh, of the Holy Holies. And he, he got the, um, because he came in like a priest, he got struck and he was mocking the way of the spirit and he knew the words. So to know the words and go in and try to be, in, in, you know, a priest without being holy, that's a problem. Those, those people can get struck at this time. Be careful of that. And shepherds who claim they have the words and go into the temple at this time or go into the church and act like they know the words and so forth, that could be a very bad thing. That's like King Uzziah. He got the plague of Tzaret, the leprosy that's so bad. It's horrible. It's like the plagues of Job. It came upon him and he was, he was set aside for 15 years, taken to lost his reign and so forth. His son reigned in his place during that time. But people who supported this king also lost out. And the, the kingdom diminished in that time. The light began to grow out. And that's what is happening this time. The Lord says he's going to roll the sky, the stars up like a scroll. That means what he's going to do is a scroll is you call out, you take order. A scroll is you're looking at all the things. And what happens is the people's heart is going to show. They're going to be The devil is going to work on everybody that's not set apart by his words. It's set apart by his words. It tells you in John 5, 24, if you will believe his voice, which speaks the words of God, meaning you discern his words, and you believe in the promises of God, you'll have eternal life and pass through these judgments. In other words, Satan will not be able to harm you, just exactly as it says it in Revelation 12, 16. In Revelation 12, 17, those that have the Ten Commandments and know that Jesus paid his price of the blood to save them does not have strength. That's the same as Matthew 7, 21 to 23. They believe in the Ten Commandments. They believe the name of the Lord is, you know, takes away the sins. But they deny the power therein, which is the words of God, Ecclesiastes 8.4. And because they denied that, they don't have the power to overcome the world. And they don't have the right. And therefore, they're going to be cast aside being lawless to you. Because the truth, his words, remember he says in John 17.17, 17, by, set the people apart by your truth, which is the word. Your word, God's word. And in Psalms 119, 142, it says his truth is law. See, there's the law of Moses. And then Jesus says grace and truth came by him. In John 1, John writes that grace and truth came by the Lord. Truth is the words of God. Grace is giving of his life, the blood of his sacrifice, as he says in Hebrews 10, 25 to 31. You trample upon the blood when you deny, you trample upon the, the grace of the blood when you deny his truth, the knowledge of truth. And that's what you're doing. Grace and truth came by Jesus. Truth is the words of God, which is what he says in John 17, 17, and we're denying those words. And therefore we're trampling upon the spirit of grace, which he says vengeance will come upon those, which is exactly what's happening in Matthew 7, 21 to 23. That is what's about to happen to shepherds and all these kind of people 
who believe they have the words and do not have it and will not listen in a time when they're required to listen. Because the Lord is saying he's shaking the earth and he says the spirit is going to go out and it's going to cause a, like the evil spirit's going to be allowed to call upon those. Just like it says in Revelation 12, the devil's going to go out and go after all those that have the Ten Commandments and the testimony of Jesus. In other words, they believe he died on the cross for their sins. The devil's coming after you. And the Bible says in Revelation 12, 17, they're going to be allowed to toss you here and there. And if you will not receive the words, you're going to be cast out from the Lord as lawless and be receiving these troubles of the devil, which is exactly what's happening now. This is what the Spirit is going to do. And the Spirit is released. And the Lord says it's coming. And so if you look at past and it can't change his ways, it means by tomorrow afternoon, that Spirit is going to pull on people. And if they have a heart for disobeying God and not hearing God, they're going to not hear even more. They're going to get a hardened, even harder heart because he's going to allow the devil to harden their hearts. So they're, that's what they're going to do. Because that is what they desire. They desire to have their own way, their own will, and to not hear God and not believe in his words and not give vengeance over to him instead of them. This is what's going to happen. So it's a very important time. Now, also, it tells you that if you will receive the words, you're going to grow in knowledge and you're going to begin to shine like the stars, as he says. There will come a time when you'll shine. But first, you've got to grow in knowledge so that you're ready for the harvest, which should begin when the power falls, which should happen at Pentecost. And Pentecost is seven weeks. Now, and that does not, should not count the New Year's, should not, I mean, uh, excuse me, the new moons, and it should not count the, um, the transaction, trans, uh, um, I'm sorry, the, the, the day at the end of the month, the 30th day. Because it's, it's even weeks. God always works in seven-day weeks. That's why Moses says you need to count, understand how to number your days. We don't number our days right. We're going by fixed-week calendars, which is of the devil. He doesn't want you to get the power of the seven spirits of God. And that's why the Lord said seven weeks. And seven weeks, the first one is unleavened bread, which is showing us the way. Unleavened bread is showing us that we're to set ourselves apart from the world. And receive the bread of the kingdom, which has no sin in it. And when we do that, he'll open the words of wisdom to us and we'll start growing. The second week, you'll grow in the words of wisdom. Third week, you'll grow in understanding. Fourth week, you'll grow in the way of the, way of the um, spirit of counsel of the Lord. And third week, in the might of God, knowing what the spirits do. In other words, how to enable the spirit. And in the sixth day, you'll know the way of the kingdom, which is the works of God that overcome the world. So that you're able, by the seventh week, when you sit down and grow in strength and authority, then after that, at Pentecost, you'll be able, when the people come, because the war has started, they'll be able to come and you'll be able to speak and cause the food to come forth and, and people will see the great works of God and God will begin to be glorified. But you'll be sent out as a harvester, as a fisher of men, because this is the sign between now and Pentecost is the time to build the dis disciples, which is build the fishermen, for them to grow in knowledge and they are to gather together. They should seek out those who can help them learn the words. If it's not possible, seek God and and listen to the messages and try to learn the way of the words. You only need a few fish, as he said to Peter and, uh, and John and them at, at when he was when they were uh, came by the sea, uh, like a Galilee there when they were fishing. When when he said to them, uh, "Take some of these fish and go feed my people." 
You just need a few a few of the words. You're not going to be able in seven weeks' time to come to the understanding of all the words, but you'll be able to understand some. You'll be able to understand the great miracles like Elijah and so forth, and you'll be able to go forth with power. Those who are truly zealous and those who are trying to learn will have the growing in spirit because the Lord gives you seven weeks, and each of those seven weeks in the seven uh, times, and remember, why does he do seven weeks of seven days? purpose is at this time the lord is going to release the spirit when the power comes it's coming at seven times the light that it was before in other words the lord said the sun will be seven times brighter at this time that light he's talking about the son of god he's going to give you power that overcomes the world we didn't overcome it before now our job is to overcome the world and right now you can see the world gathering to creating the storm to create the wars and economic chaos and the rest of it, but you'll have the power of the word to walk in truth. And those who come, and those God, because God sends them with His Spirit, those that are ready to go, He will send them by His Spirit. And now's the time to decide whether you will hear and become a fisherman of God and understand the way of the word to speak them. That is the message that's so important at this time. And I believe that is the time. Remember that all the harvest is done in the summertime. And typically, it's done in the August time frame. Because what happens is the people go to war. But see, this is a religious war at this time. So we will be at war in the June time frame. When the summer comes and the summer harvest is here, instead of the people trouncing off to go to war. See, they plant their crops and plow their fields and everything and get ready. In the summertime, the kings went to war. And we are kings and, and priests before God. And so he's going to send out his fishermen to do that servants before the Lord who makes them sons of God because those to whom the word comes they become like little gods and when you receive the full measure of the seven spirits in these seven weeks then you'll be able to understand the greatness of what God is going to bless you with and it's deciding whether or not you're hungry enough whether or not you want to serve the kingdom whether you not believe his warning of Matthew 7 21 to 23 and his warning of John 8 43 to 47 and his warning of Joel 2 12 to 20 and his warning of Matthew 24 21 to 22 and his warning of Mark 13 and 19 to 20. You better understand this now. You know, every year the Lord has been ready, but the people would not come out. And every summer we've been ready. Every winter the Lord has been ready to give us correction. It wouldn't come out. Every fall festival he was ready to harvest fruit, but we would not come out. This year is a different time because we're in the appointed time. And the Lord warned us we're in the appointed time of the morning. And it's got to be coming soon. And we should understand that that judgment day we all hate is that separation judgment day. But what grade will you have at that day? God there's a day that God is going to put an end to the harvest. And when he puts an end to that harvest, which is sometime this year, I believe, because he's saying that, when he puts an end to that harvest, before the separation judgment comes, and, you know, the people that come out to war and all that other things, God is going to punish them. All those that gather to come against his kingdom is going to punish them. I've explained the water and the blood and the rest of it and why this is the Messiah's time. It's like today they, they said the lady... A nurse over in Sweden has to participate in abortions if she wants to keep her job. That is not of God. Not of, you know, first off, those rulers and judges and so forth have zero authority at this time in the dominion of God. People are like the Queen Elizabeth says, Regina, uh, you know, she has a right by birth to be queen. 
Holy Roman Empress. No, she does not. That ended. It ended when the winter came this year. She does not have authority. Everything that she's doing will be punishment to her. Everything that will be doing in the royal families, the Crown Trust, the mayor of Lord Mayor of London, the Vatican, the Pope, the, the President and so forth of the United States and all those secret agencies uh, and the secret companies and the 22 cabinets and all the leaders of the nations of the world and their parliaments and the rest of that, all of them have been judged as being wicked and evil and operating un unlawfully before God. They do not have any divine right. They have no exclusion. They have the wrath of God promised to them according to Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. And they should remember verse 31, because vengeance is God. And he says, I will repay. And he also told them that if they reject his words in Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, when he causes them to be received in the world, which is what he says in Hebrews 10, 25 to 27 at this time it would be. And as he says in Revelation 12, where he says the kingdom has come, the kingdom is in his words that are within us. And he's saying that he will hold them accountable and punish them. So we need to understand that is it's time. Now, they don't have any authority to be ruling like they're doing. They don't have any authority to go to war. God, when they go to war, they're being judged for that. They're making uh, uh, some laws right now. They're trying to say that aircraft pilots and so forth cannot resign from the Air Force at this time. Their time's up. They've got to stay on. And the Lord, because they're preparing to go to war, I tell you, the religious war is going to happen. And all the, all the nations are combined in this. They're not, they're not against each other. They're working hand in hand to bring this evil deceit and civil war in all the world to reduce the population to the goals desired by the Crown Trust. And they consider themselves elite. And they are the ones that have been promised by the Crown Trust to be saved in this time. They will be of the remaining people and be elite families and have all the gold of the world, which they're promising to pay these people. I got news for you. Crown Trust is a liar from the beginning. And the Crown Trust always deceives its leaders and overthrows them. Look what they did with Gaddafi, who was trying to help them organize the um, GCC, the Gulf Coast uh, organization. In other words, they were going to combine all those countries in one organization. And he was trying to help with that and getting the gold rate for that. And they took his gold away from him and killed him. And they do the same thing with Hassan, uh, Hussein... Uh, uh, Saddam Hussein and the guy in Iran, the same thing. They they over they bring up dictators and they overthrow them, but they themselves don't get overthrown. But they kill any scientist, any person, senator, anything that speaks against them, because that's their order, their thistle order, their garter, which the queen oversees, and she's the holy Roman empress of the world and the owner of all the seas, according to the law of sea treaty that the people don't even know. The leaders of all the nations signed and gave their nation. They've already given their nations away. People talk about Perez giving the, the city of Jerusalem to the Vatican in 1993, which he did. But the fact of it is the queen owns all of it. So they're only, you know, he deceived his people of Israel. People have been deceived. And, you know, they've allowed the, the pagan Supreme Court to be there. You can understand why God has taken leadership away from Israel. And he's going to bring out a remnant of the lower people who will listen to him. And he will raise up fulfill all the, the promises that he made to David and to Isaac and Abraham and so on. So that's the main point. We're going to see this come. I believe that the uh, timing of the separation judgment is going to be sometime in the fall. The actual, 
uh, or it could be in August uh, that he does it. But only God knows the exact date. I can just tell you, we are there. He told us to know the season. He said, to us, you must harvest in the season in the summer or you will not eat in the fall because that's the way the ant and so forth, as he explains in the book of Proverbs. And he did this many times. He said the late summer fig falls. So you figure that the summer is going to be a horrible summer. It's going to be a summer of terrible war and slaughter and the rest of it. But God says you'll pass through those judgments if you will hear his words and you believe in the promises of God because it'll bring up the food you need. It'll give you the protection. It'll scare away the enemy. All those things, God will drive them away. He said that in Joel 2, 12 to 20, if the people will hear, but they will not hear. If they have to be sanctified. And he tells us in John 17, sanctified. 17, John 17, 17, you're sanctified by receiving his words. If you want to make it through this summer, get the words. If you want to be a servant of God and be highly honored and glorified so that you shine like the firmament forever, which is what these fishermen do, then come out now and receive the words. And you'll see Daniel 12, 2 to 3 happen upon you if you have the right heart and you come humbly and walk humbly before your Lord and become a harvester. Now, I'd like to point out something that is interesting because of the blood and water. And I'm not going to do it too long into this. I just want to point out something. If you read uh, John 1, um, I, I explain the blood and water. And what I'm saying is I may have it a little bit wrong. I'm not wrong in that the blood that Jesus has is separate from us. In other words, it is of the water and the blood, and ours is not. We are our body is made from the uh, from the elements of the waters, but Jesus makes a, a very interesting statement of the way John writes this. Now understand the key verses. Let me just read these to you so you can understand them. It's John one six to thirteen. It's John nineteen thirty one to thirty seven. It is First John five one to thirteen. Those are important uh, verses because they talk about. Um, the blood and the water that came out of Jesus. Understand that what that what I'm trying to say is Jesus' blood was different than ours, which Ron Wright uh, brought. Uh, God led him to that. He recovered it, and it was testified and tested at different labs and by scientists. And they've shown that, it, yes, indeed, it had one chromosome uh, for the male and 23 for the woman, 23 chromosomes from his mother, Mary. And so you see that Jesus' blood was not like ours. And that's why the description of the water and the blood. Now, I said that Jesus' blood, God's blood is of the water. And um, uh, our, uh, I said God's blood is the blood that he's talking about. And that, um, that we are of the waters. We are of elements brought out of the waters and put into the earth. But in John 1, uh, it says a little bit different than what I was saying. Because there it says this. It says, let's read from verse 11. Or let me read 6 to 13. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Jesus is the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. That is Jesus. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. 
to those who believe in his name, which in Revelation 19, 11 and 13 says the name that we do not know of him, is the word. And that's the word that's written on. So that is the word that people do not know. It's, it's the word, which is what I'm talking about in John 17, 17 and so on. The word of God, which is what he was sent into the world to bear witness to. Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, John 3, 26 to 36, and John 18, 37 bears witness to that. Now, he says, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, this is important for us. So this is really identifying that I got it backwards. The water is our blood. And, um, excuse me, that water is the blood of God. I said the, our blood was of the water. And that the blood of, um, uh, the blood is speaking of the blood of God. But I hope you can understand. I'm confusing you right now. What I wrote and spoke of is that that Jesus's blood was of the um, was the blood that's mentioned in John 19:37 and 1 John 5:1-13, and that the waters is us. But it's the opposite. We are the ones that he's talking about here in John 1 in verse uh, 13, being of the blood. The water, and this is why water baptism is important. The water is the elements in the blood that we will have eternity that comes from God. In other words, we're going to get a new blood that God is going to cause us to receive. So we are of the, the, the blood. It's called blood here. But we're going to have a new blood that's of the waters. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because the eternal body has a blood that comes of God. This is why the importance of the... Um, that's why he says Jesus came um, of the, let me read it here. This is in John 1st, First um, John 5, 6. It says, this is he, Jesus, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood, and is, is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is true. Otherwise, he came a little bit differently than us. Other words, he came of a, from the beginning, he was made from the beginning in the waters. He was already, his blood was of the waters from the beginning. Our blood is made when we were put into the earth. The elements are gathered together and come into the womb and we get the blood. That is the blood that continues. He keeps going. But we're going to get a new body. Please, Paul tells us we're going to get a new body. That body will be of God, which means of the waters. I hope I haven't confused you too much. But you can see that Jesus' blood was totally different. And that's the way our body is going to be at the end. And what, what he's trying to say, what saying of the waters, Jesus was made from the beginning. He was made from the beginning. He existed in heaven from the very beginning. He was created by God, and through him all things were made, as it says in Colossians 1. So he's of the waters and the blood, because he was born through Mary, which would be of the blood. And I had that backwards. So he's of the water and the blood. He was from the beginning and the end which is this blood. We're gonna, this blood will come to an end at some point, and we will have the eternal body. And the eternal body is of God, and I'm saying to you, it'll have one chromosome and of ma uh, male and one chromosome female. A female is the wisdom of God. And um, that's what it'll represent. That's why he said he made them in his image uh, from the beginning. Okay, so the image is the male and the female part what he's talking about. But see, the 22 chromosomes will disappear because there is no memory of evil. They won't have the family history in the eternal 
It'll all be forgotten. That's what Jesus says. Now I have no memory at all because that DNA is changed. To have one chromosome male, one chromosome female, and you'll be made of God by God. And that's what symbolically what we're doing at the what we're doing at the water baptism. That's why he's telling us here. That's what he's talking about. It says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. John was having him to do the water baptism. But it was so the spirit was pulling them to understand the eternal plan of God and the eternal way that salvation that comes by his words. Because if you have eternal life, you will get that new body at some point. And that's what he's saying in John 5, 24. And you'll pass through these judgments. And so Jesus, they couldn't touch Jesus until he was allowed. That's why he said he was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Only three days and three nights did he allow himself to be submitted to the world. And he did that. And he did all those things to him. And it was in all those three days from the three o'clock in the night of uh, uh, in the morning, three o'clock at 3 a.m. on the 13th. Remember, Nissan runs from the evening to the sundown, sundown to sundown. So it was three o'clock, 3 a.m., which was the morning uh, or the night of the of the um, 13th of Nissan. And he was judged at noon. And then uh, he was put in prison. So he was in the prison for the evening of the 14th until the morning of the uh, 14th. And then he was taken out, put on a cross at 9 a.m. And then he was, uh, um, he died at 3 um, p.m. in the afternoon. And at noon of that day, darkness came over the earth. And it was covered with darkness from noon to 3. So he's on the cross six, six, uh, six hours, you can say in our clock time from nine until three. And it's symbolic of the knowledge of the work of the Lord. That's why six hours was allowed for him. God knew all these things he did for him. And the seventh, we should recall because they did the embalming of his body, not the embalming, but the, you know, they wrapped him and so forth. And then um, he was in the grave before sundown. And sundown was the 15th, which they eat the, the Passover meal and so forth. Now they have a Passover cedar, as I've explained, um, 14th and 15th. But the, you know, is what they call the Lord's Passover is that sacrifice that gives us the words. The food that God is trying to give us that we desire to receive is the words of God. The food that he has, the Passover meal, was to give them the knowledge of that words. And why the Lord looked forward to it so much is with the Passover meal is why they do the cups of wine, why they do the Elijah cup. The purpose of this is to do the way of the words to bring forth the knowledge of the spirit of the works of God and the eternal plan of God. But we're celebrating, it's more of a feast and we do the talking, we do some teaching. We're not understanding the way that we overcome the world, which is what this great event is all about. Jesus paid the price. We can go into the temple and receive the words of God, the knowledge of the words of God that enable the good works of God. But that is not what we're celebrating Passover for, but that's what it is. That's what it's for. That's why they call the 14th the Lord's Passover. Because by that sacrifice of blood, the temple veil is torn so that in that evening we begin, of the 15th, we can begin teaching the words of God to our families because he paid that price. That's what that's symbolic of. Okay, blood and water came out. I explained now what the, what the difference is, the water and why the thing is. And you see this also. When Jesus is talking to um, Nicodemus in John 3, um, Nicodemus comes to him and says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night 
which is nighttime is when they seal up instruction, if they understood the words of God, and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, that's what the water is symbolic of. The baptism, people say that water baptism isn't important. It absolutely is. That's same as putting the eye salve over your eyes so that you can see and, and do it so that the, um, you can see the words and you will not be blind to the truth anymore. That's part of this. That's why Jesus says to the last day's church, anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you might see. And because they're not seeing the words of God, because the law of God is that in the evening time, Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21, says we must teach his words in our house every evening. And we teach them to all of our household so that they're able to receive the words of God because God during the night takes what we've asked of him and he pours out the answer during the night and seals it. And then in the morning, he makes it known by manifest, or it'll be made known in the morning at some point. God will cause it to be made known, but the answer will be sent, whether or not you reveal it that day, because he knows when you're, you can afford to learn. Remember, he told the disciples when he was feeding them and so forth during his supper, the great supper, he says, I have more to speak to you about, but you're not ready to receive it yet. So he was doing the way of the words for them and so forth, but they're not ready to receive it. They couldn't receive it. Because, you know, those of the world are not allowed to receive the spirit of truth in them. John 14, 15 to 17 and 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4. We have to turn and seek to receive the spirit of truth so that the spirit of truth has the authority is sent to us with authority to cause us to know the words. Proverbs 1, 23. And he will cause you to know the words if you will do that. So I said, knock and I will answer. Seek and you will find. But we don't want to seek. We don't want to look. We want the answer of John 15, 7, having to do what we desire. But we, won't, we don't want to do what it says in John 15, 7, which is to follow him and his ways, abide in his ways, and abide in his words. We don't abide in his words. We will not receive his words. And Jesus said, uh, it goes on here. It says, uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you do not do the way of the words, that's why Paul says in Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, you must be washed by the water of the words so you can be made spotless. You're made spotless when you can see the words of God to reveal the kingdom of God to you. And to get the kingdom of God, you've got to receive the spirit of truth in you because it is what makes known his words and reveals the works of the kingdom. You have to do this in the way of the seven spirits. And in this days, that's why he's saying um, the the seven weeks and the seven days of each of those weeks. And we should honor that. And we should understand that it's not a fixed week calendar. We're taking Passover and following it on a six week calendar, fixed week calendar. We think that we're, we're getting the way of the spirit of God. No, we're not. It's a spirit of error. We have not come out of the world yet. That's a world calendar. It was changed in 350 AD after Christ. You know, during Christ's time, they were, had the proper timings. Okay. It goes on. And it's, uh, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, this is really important. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That is why the water is so important. The, the blood is, is 
symbolic of the water. The water is going to be the new body that we're going to receive. It's like a new wineskin. It's like a new flesh. It's a desire that our heart is no longer a heart of stone. And we get rid of that transgression of having our desire. But we want the desire of the kingdom of God and the words of God. And he says he's going to remove that stone heart from us and give us a heart of flesh. That's the new body. That's symbolic of the new body. There will be another body from the waters that God will create because he's got all of his storehouses. The storehouse of God is called the waters, Psalms 104. It's outside from heaven. So particles will come from there because God has it ready for us. And he'll give us that new body from him, which is different than this body. And uh, it'll be perfect in all its ways. He's saying, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit. See, the water, you have to be born again. You want to receive the word of God in your heart. He wants to circumcise your heart, put the words in there, and the spirit to cause those words to be made known. See, our body includes our brain, includes our heart, includes our blood, includes everything. And all those particles came from the waters and then came into the womb, which we don't know how, which it tells us we think we know how, but it doesn't. It tells us in scriptures we do not know how. Ecclesiastes. Okay, it says, and he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is the words within us. You cannot walk through the pearl gate if you don't have the words in them. It will not happen. The, the, the words, the pearl has all the words. It's like a, a detection device you go by. You will not go into this the pure city, the new Jerusalem, without his words. Cannot enter into there. Your heart will test you because it will be tested by that huge pearl gate. It says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That of which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said you, you must be born again. Now, this is important. And consider this is Jesus talking to one of the wisest men in Israel at the time. And today you can't even get to sit down with the preachers. They, they just, oh, this is not of God. I, I would lose my church if I taught this. This would be the devil trying to tear down my church and destroy my way of life. I've become a millionaire, a billionaire if my ministry. I got jets. I got Rolls Royces. I got Mercedes Benz. I got all these things and mansions. Not just one, but I got a resort mansion. I got university, and I got all these other things. And if you're a TV guy, like TBN and those, oh, I got studios all over and great mansions, Conway Twitty mansions, and all those other things. You know, but Jesus is talking to this preacher, this skilled one, and he said, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And then the next statement is really, really good. It says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. He's saying that the Spirit blows where it wishes. In other words, it cannot enter those. The Spirit has laws about it. And it cannot enter those who are not of God, who have not set themselves apart. John 14, 15, 17. It's the law of God. It cannot enter them. If they have not set themselves apart by the words, you do not have the spirit of truth in you. You've got the spirit calling on you, speaking in your heart and in your ear and so forth. But it's going to depart from you. And the light, the reason is the light is in the people. He says that from Isaiah 51, 16. But as he said way back in November 2009, he said he's going to take that light out of the people. I was in meetings with the son of the heads of the night to Templar. And they both the two top sons both testified to me how a ball of light came over top of them and departed the room, went right through the wall and went away. 
symbolically in 2009, a ball of light, the Lord came to this uh, this uh, prophet in California. He took a ball of light out of him, put it in an iron cage and locked it and threw that um, iron cage out into the bottom of the sea, which is symbolic of those of the world. And he said, that guy, prophet, looked out there and saw cages of light everywhere. So many. It was just filled out there with lights of these balls and these iron cages that God had got the key and locked it. See, he holds the key of David, which is the key that will open it if they will turn to him and receive the words. But God has already judged the people. People don't understand that you're already judged. All of us are judged. What we're doing right now is, are we going to be part of the kingdom? Will we serve God and do what is required of us in Joel 2, 12 to 20, and be a fisherman, as it says in Jeremiah 16, 15 to 18? And you saw the way of the disciples. They were not of him until he did that work for them. He, he washed their feet. He said, if I didn't wash these feet of yours, then you will not be of me. You will have no part in me. Because the devil's going to toss him and turn him. See, that's what happened on this day. The, the Lord on the 14th, the Lord allowing the spirit, the devil is allowed to go out and test you to your limit. And he will lure, lure you till he destroys you. But if you have the words, as Jesus gave the words to these disciples, it'll protect them. And all those are doing away the words for their families with the water and oil, bread, and so forth. They're doing a good work, giving them the opportunity. Because see what Jesus did, you won't have no part of me. They didn't have it yet, but he came to them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he made known the words. Then they were able to receive the, the understand the scriptures. And then they were ready to harvest the people, but they had to wait until the power fell at Pentecost. Because you got to grow in wisdom and understanding these days. And see, the, the, they didn't get it all at once. Line, 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 precept on precept. This is the way knowledge comes. And it tells you in Isaiah 28, 9 to 13. Okay, he says, do not marvel at this. And he said that you hear the sound of it. See, even when they had Pentecost, the sound of the Spirit coming, the people all over the city heard it, and then they came. But many of those people scoffed at it, and others received it. But those who scoffed at it remember what happened to their city. They were totally destroyed. And yes, many of these Christians were destroyed, but they're in heaven because of the fact their Lord, that they were, had the word of God with them. These other people that attacked them and scoffed at them, when they scoffed at that, they're scoffing at the Holy Spirit. And to mock the Holy Spirit in this time is a dangerous thing when they're already judged. Because what happens is the devil's allowed to come in and just twist you and turn you. And those people probably participated in that great revolt. And notice how the shepherds in that day, just like the shepherds in the day of the Holocaust, they were helping the, the armies of the world put their people in prisons, just like the FEMA management team are supposed to do at this time. Put them in the FEMA camps. Don't pay attention to the fact that there's gas piped in most of the floors in these places where they sleep, in the dorm rooms, and in the trains. They have gas piped into some of the trains' floors that they've done. Don't, don't pay attention to all those things. It's been known... Preachers have testified, military leaders have told them of these things, what they plan. I've certainly told them. This is how it is. The shepherds, even at the time when they, in 70 AD, when they, 69 and 70 AD, when they tore down the city and so forth, um, he allowed some of those priests to escape. They bartered with them. The Lord allowed some of them to keep the Torah and go on. But they were teachers, bad teachers, understand. It was the corruption going on. But yet the seed had to at least receive the spirit, receive the word, 
so that they'd have a chance to turn out, but they just didn't. And all through history, they've been persecuted, persecuted, persecuted. Because like he said in Ezekiel 36, everywhere they went, they profaned his name, which is the word of God. They say that Jesus was not the sun, the light, and so forth. Some of us Messianic Jews are fantastic with them. I love these people. But they need to understand the message of Christ. What did he do? He died to give his blood so that we could have the temple veil open so we could go in and receive the words of God that he sent into the world to bear witness to. Very clearly stated in John 18.37, John 15.7, and so on. The words spoke that created all the heavens, that they're higher than our thoughts, higher than our ways, God's is, and they're all framed in words. That's the words that we should be seeking to understand and how to enable them and how to speak in the pure language of the kingdom of God, as he says we must do in this time in Zephaniah 3.9. Zephaniah 3.9. Okay, and I'm not going to go on here, but, but he's telling us this is the way it is with the words. The world doesn't understand it. God is always speaking, get my words of wisdom you don't understand, and the people just go on. Oh, we got those words. We sat around. Oh, we got them in the 1950s. They ignore the fact that he said it would happen at the time of the day of the Lord, at the time of the end, when the Lord says it begin with an evening, which the entrance of light gives the evening, as he said in Revelation 18.1, and as he said in Zechariah 14.7. And what did he do with the, the first thing, the first seal judgment that he opens the, the, the judgment with, the day of the Lord with? He he gave the bow, which the bow is to shoot the arrows, which the arrows is the Lord, the word, is the shining shaft and the quiver of God. And we ignore all these things. We say all the four forces of Acropolis. Why do they want to say that? Because they participated in movies that made a lot of money. Billions of dollars made in the Left Behind series. It's all wrong. And look, it's very difficult to discern exactly the times. I thought for sure we'd come out in the night. But it does say in Matthew 24 that it could be in the morning. Doesn't say afternoon, doesn't say day, it says in the morning. So he said, That's when the rooster, he says, You don't know what time God is going to bring the separation judgment. The separation judgment must come in this time, the Lord is reigning. And we're shortening the time of his reign. The reign is he's come to co confirm the covenant that he made with, with those who receive him. The covenant he's coming to confirm the words is what he's doing now. This is the morning of the day the Lord had started around April 6th or so, or with the spring. But this is the time of the day of the Lord, the seven years of the day of the Lord. And the, the Lord is pouring out his words to us. And he said, return, return, come back to him, because the morning comes and the night. See, the night continues. Until we come out of the world, we do not receive his morning, because his morning is the son of righteousness that comes, which comes by the way of his words and his, his spirit, Malachi 4.2. And Psalms 119, 130, the light of the morning comes by the entrance of his words. So you don't get the morning until you receive his words. The night continues for you, just like he's talking about in Isaiah 20, 1, 10 to 12. Well, I hope that's understandable for you, and it's, it's interesting. Um, I think you'll understand a lot more about the water. I, I'm sorry about my mistake, but I had those two backwards. Blood is considered to be the blood we have now. But really, you have to understand that blood is the sacrificial blood Jesus gave on the cross for us, came in and did that. That's exactly correct. But the water and the blood, his blood was of both, the waters and the, and the blood. It's important for us to grasp a hold of that because our new body will be from the waters, the storehouses of God. Psalms 104 tells us that above the throne of God is his storehouses in the waters. He lays his upper beams in the, in the, in the waters. And his firmament, his throne and so forth, is at the very top. You have the capstone where the, the capstone 
I mean, excuse me, in Ezekiel 1, it tells you right above the, the capstone of the firmament is the throne of God. So his throne is up above that, which is in the waters, which are outside of the firmament, as I've explained in the book, A Testimony of Numbers. You can see the charts of the creation and see how it's designed. I've, I've done drawings. I also put a, there's a puzzle that you can uh, buy. To, uh, I'll give you the, if anybody wants to know, uh, I can uh, make it available on uh, Zazzle. No cost to me, but just for you. It's a puzzle that you can have for your children that allows them to put the puzzle together of the of the creation, uh, which is kind of neat. And then also you can t-shirts and the rest of that, all available. Zazzle is the company. I, uh, we had some pamphlets made and gave out to people. But you can buy them there directly, nothing, nothing to do with us. Uh, or you can just get the drawings uh, free from us and, and make your own. Perfectly fine. Uh, we're trying to get the message and the, the works of God done and the knowledge of his truth uh, put out there for the people. We're doing the best we can with the understanding he's given us and trying to, to make as few errors as we can. We're not These aren't the, the writings like the disciples. This is not part of the Bible. This is the best understanding we have, and we're learning line by line, precept on precept, all the time. Lord, we thank you. We pray, Lord, you watch over your people and bring them into your truth. Save them in this time, Lord, the greatness of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.